0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the watermark students podcast. My name is Will McElroy. And before I even introduce our guests and co host, I want to remind you to go just Find that subscribe button and, <laughs> and smash it, leave a review, share this with I a friend. It. And you know, if you, there's a topic that you want us to cover, go to at shoreline dallas and uh DM us and just tell us, like, hey, I'd really be interested in talking about this topic, uh, and we'll cover it. So, uh, but with that said, I'm joined as always with Hannah Spence. Hannah, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, doing
0: good, good to see you. Reed Towns is our other co host. What's up? Come on, Reed, and then our student guest today is Caroline Leibel. What What's up, Caroline?
2: Hi. <laughs> Tell
0: us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, I'm a senior at TCA. I did cheer for all of high school, and I'm going to Baylor next year.
0: Sick, em. Sick Come on. Em. Come wow. on, go. man. By the time this comes out, Baylor will be knocked out of the NCAA <laughs> tournament. let
3: Baylor going. I put
1: them all the way through. <laughs> well, I'm we'll not see. a fan, but I just like a little upset in there. Oh, Hannah. Yeah. That's an upset. Man, Reed.
3: <laughs> okay,
0: so you, I think, have a common saying for us that makes no common sense that we'll start our time with today before we get to... Uh, Get to the topic at hand, but what is it?
3: I do. I have a. I have an uncommon or a common saying that makes no common sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, The saying is "beat around the bush." Mm. What do you think it means? Beat around the
0: bush. I think what that means is, look. Sometimes there's, you know, um, I watched chickens for this one guy (laughs) once. (laughs) And, uh, sometimes the chickens, they'd go into the bush, you know, and I'd be, be getting dark and I'm trying to get them to go into their pen. Right. And, you know, you would, you'd think really, well, you need to go get in there and just grab it and get the chicken out of the bush. But, you know, instead I'd kind of beat around the bush. I would, kind of like try to poke them out or just get them out or shuffle them out of there but really you know I needed to go in there and just go straight in there so is, I
3: don't think he gets this.
0: that's what that's what I think it means <laughs> okay. you know
1: I I think you're a little off what's
3: what do you think the definition how it's how the saying is used oh it means like hey
0: you need to you know, you're just kind of avoiding the problem or you're you're not really just you're not really calling a, a, a spade a spade here. Right.
1: You're not like ad- you're not addressing yeah. the elephant in the room.
3: Carolyn, what do you think?
1: That's I was okay. say. not as yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 The room. definition,
3: I think, like you guys said, uh, discuss a, to discuss a matter without coming to a point. Yeah. So it's like. Just going around in circles, basically. Yeah. Kinda like what Will just did (laughs) with with his (laughs) explanation.
1: (laughs) Okay.
3: So like here's the thing that confuses me is where do you think that comes from? Is that what you think? Will Yeah, that's what I was saying about the chickens. Okay. Oh. Hannah, what do you think?
1: Where do I think it like originated?
3: Right. Like why is that the phrase to like not get to a point?
1: Oh. I don't know. See? Like, who's been, who decided one day that they're like, this makes sense when you beat around the bush? Because they probably
0: watched me trying to corral my chickens, right? you know, and they're like, he's beating we'll around the, the, the bush. We'll phrase. He's beating around it. the
3: bush. Caroline, what do you think?
2: Okay, you know when something's like scary in a bush and it's like rustling, but you're like not going to go confront the issue, so you kind of like, maybe you're like trying to solve the problem without actually like dealing
1: Mm. That makes a lot like more that. sense than yours. <laughs> That's basically what mine was
3: about. <laughs> Just it was a chicken, though. But I think so. Here's the here's the actual origin. This well, Googled. Uh,
1: Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah.
3: The origin uh, of the idiom "beating around the bush" is associated with hunting mm. in medieval times. Hunter mm-hmm. hunters hired men to beat the area around the bush with sticks in order to flush out game that were taking cover underneath. So so kind of
0: like what we said. Similar. <laughs> similar. <laughs> well, to but Caroline. chickens,
1: he's trying to get the <laughs> I don't
3: understand enough. the correlation of how that corresponds with
1: not a like, don't
0: be, Oh, with don't, like how we not use getting it. to the point.
1: Well, because you would
0: think that's like to beat around the bush does get to the point based no. on like people. That's how they would hunt. Right, but right.
1: I don't it's, think it would draw the animal out. So maybe it's like beating it, around the bush is not helpful.
3: But it does get the animal out. That's hey. why. <laughs> no,
0: so man. Hey, I,
3: <laughs> well, let's
0: stop beating around the bush and get uh, get moving on with the Good with segue. the topic we're that talking about great. today. So, uh, Hannah, I'll I'll pitch it to you to kind of uh, start us off and uh, introduce the topic for today.
1: Yeah, what we're talking about today is the importance of walking out our faith, our actions matching our words when we live in a culture where oftentimes there's repercussions for um, following Christ. Um, And sometimes culture tells you that that's not the most fun or most inviting thing to do. And at times there is consequences to it. But at the same time, the Lord says it is important. So why is it important as a high school student um, to live out your faith, both in how you speak and how you live your life? So, Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to talk about this today and why it's important to you? Um, Yes.
2: Well, I think just, like, going to a Christian school, everyone around us says, like, we're Christians and everyone claims to be Christians, but the distinction comes um, with, like, how people live out their faith. And I think uh, just, like, the idea of, like, lukewarmness, like,
1: in Christian culture. Yeah, I think that's so great um oftentimes you can be in a christian culture and everyone says one thing but we don't necessarily see their um actions matching that and when i think about that i think of why the lord tells us to walk out our faith is because as believers he has given us the ministry of reconciliation to partner with him in that he doesn't have to use it But it's something we get to walk in that builds a relationship with him and also allows us to share Christ with others. And in Matthew 5, he talks about being the salt and light of the earth and people see us as different. And it points to the father um, when our actions look different from the world and when we're walking in obedience to the Lord. And it says in verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So when we are obedient to Christ, it glorifies him and makes much of him, which is why it would be important for both our words and our actions to match.
3: Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think it's ridiculous almost if you are a Christian and your your life doesn't look like that and it's. I think it's super, it's a lot more common than we think. I think for me, my story was like you going to a Christian school and seeing uh, the similar things that you are, uh, that you talked about with us earlier of just like how the world doesn't look like it is following Christ and it's confusing and it's weird. And it's, it's honestly kind of surprising sometimes for people that claim to be Christians, but aren't living that out and. Right away, I think of, of John, First uh, John says, "Whoever says, "I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly, the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in Him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked." And so I think, like Hannah said of, when our lives don't look like we're walking with Christ, when our lives are, are totally different, we are, we're a liar. And, and it's not right. It's different. It's, it's, it's wrong. And it's confusing too for the rest of the world that like Hannah said, is looking in from an outside that we are not uh, images of Christ. If we're not showing a picture of who Christ is, we're sending the wrong message. We're lying about what we say and what we do that if they're totally different things. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So Carolina, I want you to make this topic, Relatable to, to high school students listening. And so what are some specific areas that you think when we talk about the topic of hypocrisy or living out your faith and walking the walk? And when we say that, where where do you think are some places or scenarios where high school students and teenagers struggled to do this?
2: I think just a big part of my story is people pleasing and mm-hmm. having that desire um, to be liked by everyone and to have that approval um so I think that it's definitely a more lonely road to follow Christ and it's definitely not the most popular thing to do all the time.
0: So. Mhm. Yeah, tell us a little more about I mean I think people pleasing is is something I struggle with today and I know talking with high school students is obviously one of the biggest things that high schoolers struggle with. Tell us like what does that specifically look like and what ways do you struggle with people pleasing?
2: Um I think the hardest part is just like um, losing friends or not getting the invite that you want to, um, because you're choosing to follow Christ. And ultimately it's hard to recognize that his opinion is worth a thousand times more than the opinions of man. Um, but that's definitely something that I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. In school,
3: Yeah. I know for me, I got, I was made fun of for reading my Bible in the hallway in high school and I went to a Christian school. So I was shocked by that. Uh, but it happens. It's a real thing.
1: Yeah. That's so true. And my experience in high school and kind of into college was like, I'm gonna go full in with people pleasing because I value um what other people think of me more than I value what the Lord thinks about me and kind of a lack of understanding of the Lord's love. So that looked like one foot in of like, I'm at church and I'm doing all the things with my youth group, but I'm also gonna say yes to um partying or whatever it is, because I'm still trying to get what Hannah wants and my satisfaction there, versus following the Lord. And something that was transformative to me in that time was Matthew six, nineteen, where it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and dust and rust destroy and where thieves break through and still, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. For neither moth nor rust destroy and nor thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. My heart was with, with what people thought of me. and I didn't quite value what the Lord thought of me yet or understand um, a relationship with him and that abundant life was with him and that all these things that I was running after were going to quickly fade and they would their the joy that I got from them or thought I got from them faded much faster than I thought. And so me surrendering to the Lord and being like, hey, what you have for me and your word is where life is found versus where I think it's found was the piece where I got to, um, was a transformative piece for me in realizing that I can't live both lives and that the Lord um, is not wrong when he says like, hey, this is passing. And so I think just learning that peer pressure, people pleasing, and desire for approval are um, kind of what draws us to wanting to say yes to these things um, and having one foot in the world and one foot um, in a relationship with the Lord. And those are real things. And it's valid that like, hey, you might not get an invite to something if you choose to follow Christ. So I think those are all difficulties that we faced. And the piece that helps us kind of like turn from that is an understanding that the Lord is better than each of those things.
0: Yeah, here here's a question that I just kind of thought of is I think whenever I was in high school, I was that student that, man, you know, I, I I proclaimed Christ. I went to church, but then I also was like, man, God will forgive me. Like I can, I don't have to walk the walk. Like I can go, uh, watch this or do that or go to this party and, and, and do this. And that's okay. Like God loves me and he forgives me, you know? And, and so, to me, it's like, what's important to to high school, Will, what was important was just like saying, like, I believed in God and allowing him, like when I did sin, I'd be like, oh God, like, please forgive me. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, um, and all that. And then the next week I would do the same thing. And so I was not walking the walk. I was not, my, my faith and my actions did not line up. Right. Um, so what, what would you, What would y'all say to a student who is living that way? Because here's the thing, too. I think what we have to be careful of is this word called legalism, right? Mm -hmm. Which is saying, like, no, you have to do this. Like, um, you have to be sharing the gospel. You have to be reading your Bible. You have to be walking the walk in order for God to love you, which— that's not true, right? You know, uh, that's, that's, that's only a half truth. But at the same time we read verses like James, which says without works, your faith is dead. So how do we reconcile that? And what would we say to a student or to anyone who is like 16 year old Will, who his plan for life was to keep on sinning and just hope that God keeps on forgiving me?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, if I can answer your question, I think I think it has to do with what's right in front of you based on if you have if you look at it from the point of view of you've got two options. You can either uh, like have what feels like life right now or uh, take hold of a promise that somebody says that life will come later on. And so for I think for a lot of students, maybe I think myself, my story is that you like when, when I struggled with sin, it was because I wanted what felt good right now. Rather than the promise of something else later on, and I know we've thrown a lot of verses at this, but you know, First John uh, chapter two, uh, verse fifteen just says, "Do not love the world or the things of the world, or anyone that loves the world. Uh, the love of the Father is not in him. For all the things of the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not from God, but it is from the world, and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God will abides forever." And so. It's this idea of kind of what we're talking about is, is the passions of the world right now, the desires of the flesh, what's, what feels good in the moment right now. Uh, it, it's easier to choose that because it feels good right now, but it's passing away. Mm. And the Bible says is it's falling away. It's not good. It will die. It leads to death but abiding in God, the love of God and and running after God, you abide forever. And it is a lasting joy, it's a lasting peace that that stays with you forever. And so uh and Caroline, you can I want you to speak into this too of kind of why do you think that it's easier for somebody, kind of what Will's asking, why is it easier to choose your flesh right now? And the passions there uh, and that feeling that's momentary that's right now, that's right in front of you. You can take it now if you want it or kind of look after and and look towards and and run after uh, what God is calling us to that abides forever, that doesn't feel as, I guess, pleasurable right now, uh, but in the future is is lasting joy, lasting peace, and and it abides forever.
2: Um, I think you first have to understand, like, the love that God has for us and that, Um, he is so intentional with us and he has a plan for us and it's far greater than anything we could imagine. And I think to Will's point, um, that's having a mindset of how close can I get to the line before I cross it, um, versus thinking like, how can I run after God? And so then I can start to see the fruits of my faithfulness because he's been faithful to me. And so when you have that mutual like pursuit of the relationship, that's where like that overflow of your love for the Lord starts to like come to fruition in your life.
0: Mm. That is so good. That's awesome. Um, I wish I would have heard that <laughs> at 16 years old, Thanks. Caroline. Uh, but okay, I want you to think, I know we've mentioned a few verses already, but whenever you're thinking about this, Caroline, of just, man, how can I allow my faith to become actions? How can I walk the walk? Uh, what Where do you turn to in scripture to be encouraged or to remind yourself of that?
2: Um. Yeah, I turned to Galatians one ten, which says, "Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I still trying? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ." And so I think that's just been um a helpful reminder uh, because it's like I think a lot of times like it's hard to find um scripture that seems relatable to you in the moment, but right here like spelled out is like this people pleasing idea. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just the idea that Christ's opinion is the only one that matters and it's worth a thousand times more than the approval of man. And I think that's something that takes practice. Um, but just like from my story, after like trying to find approval from human beings, you realize that like, Christ is the only opinion that can sustain you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else have any verses? That come to mind on this topic?
1: Um, yeah, one for me that I go back to often and kind of ties into what you're talking about is Matthew 624, where it says, No one can serve two masters, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. And so for me, when that looks like people pleasing or fear of man or um just desiring whatever it is that I want, if I am chasing after what my flesh says. I can't serve God at the same time. And so if it's like, man, I'm going to show up as a high school student to church on Sunday, but on the weekend, my life looks completely different. I'm fooling myself to say that I can do both of those because one of those things is going to rule my life more than the other, and I'm going to fall to one more than the other. And so understanding that you can't have that double life, um, because you will follow one of those and they will be master of your life. And whatever masters your life will lead you down a certain path. So if it is that people pleasing, it's going to end in that lack of joy because this world doesn't satisfy. But if it is Christ, we know that path leads to abundant life.
0: Yeah. A verse that I you know, was reading as we were preparing for this topic was... This verse of Revelation 3, verse 1 and 2. And um I have really I've read this verse before, I know, because I've read Revelation, but it's just never stood out until we're talking about this today. But it says this is Jesus, and he's talking to the church of Sardis, and he says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive. And so what he's saying is like people, when they look at you, they they think you're Christian, right? They you have the reputation of being a believer, but this is what he says. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. And so Jesus is saying, and I think Caroline, this is kind of what you're talking about, which is students that proclaim Christ, they maybe wear a cross um, as a necklace and, or maybe they're like me. And they, when I was 16 and they're going to church and saying they're a believer and But Jesus, when he looks at me, he's like, man, I like you have the reputation of this will, but like, I know your works, I know your heart and there's, there's nothing there. It is that you mentioned the word lukewarm when we were starting. he's like, it's a lukewarm faith. It's a faith that's just one foot in, one foot out. And, um, what I would say, um, with this verse, as I was thinking, I was like, man, there is, uh, there there really is no such thing as someone who's lukewarm, I, I don't think, or someone who is like one foot in, one foot out. I know that's a word that we use and a word that Jesus used, but like God, he wants, I've said this before, he wants us to give everything we have so he can give us everything he has. You know, there is no like, Lord, let me, let me give you a little bit of myself and get a little bit of yourself. That's not a uh that, that that transaction doesn't take place but the transaction that does take place is god like i have nothing like here's nothing that i'm giving you right and let me receive everything from you and and just allow my life to be changed by you and start uh, living that out and i think caroline what you were saying earlier of just like that's an invitation from the lord right um to live that out and i think to any student that is struggling with living out their faith I would tell them, I would read this verse with them, Revelations 3, and just um uh, or or Galatians chapter one and, and be like, hey, um what what's so bad about people pleasing? What is so uh so bad about uh not walking the walk? is that you are missing out on an invitation to live with Christ. And uh, it's okay, you know, like God's not mad at you if you do people please, like he's not uh, angry with you. Um, but I think he is just saying like, man, Will or Caroline or whoever it is, is like, I have so much more for you. I have so much more life for you. So many more opportunities for you to experience my goodness that I want you to take part in. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're missing out on that when you, when you don't walk the walk. Um, and so anyways, that's what I was thinking of as I've read Revelation three and as, as y'all shared, but Caroline, as we kind of wrap up this podcast, I want to hear just your final piece of encouragement. Think back to, uh, man, if if you were talking to a student, maybe that's your younger self, or maybe that's a 16-year-old version of Will. What would you say to those who are just struggling uh, with uh, living out their faith?
2: Um, I would just say that um, you aren't alone and that while it can feel like a lonely road, like the Lord is with you. And like, he truly is. And I feel like it's hard to see that in the moment. And something I, I've been reading through the story of Joseph recently, um, when we look at um, Bible stories, we get to see the end result. And we get to see like the finished product and what God said. And we're like, obviously he had a good plan. And like, how could you not see this in the moment? But we're living in the moment and we don't get um, to see the end result until we have lived out life. And so just that we can trust his past faithfulness that he'll be faithful with us. And so um, choosing to like walk with him will go better.
3: Mm-hmm. For you, no. I'd say my last words would be don't wait for the consequences of your sin. I think it's easy to, for us to not take responsibility for our actions until kind of we've hit rock bottom or we've fallen into the consequences of our sin. And that's what you hear about in the news. That's what you hear about uh, when you hear, you know, bad stuff has happened to people and that's uh, because they've, they've, not cared about the consequences of their sin until it directly affects them. Uh, And that's what I would say. I think a lot of times when I talk to older people, and when I say older, I mean people that are not in high school or college or older people uh, about regeneration for students is that they wish that they had that in their life when they were a student because they wouldn't have faced the consequences of their sins. They wouldn't have fallen as far into sins if they had had a part of their life where they got to take a look Uh, at their actions and what they were doing. And so their encouragement to students is always to, hey, take a look now at how your life is going and where you're walking um, so that you can deal with those things now and not have to deal with the consequences later on that are a lot more severe and they're a lot harder and and they hurt a lot. And so like you said of trying to save you from that pain, trying to save you from that, take a look now as a young person, as a student, uh, and be able to look at just take a look at where your life is headed, and and how are you walking? Are you walking with the Lord, or are you just saying that you're walking with the Lord?
1: Yeah, that's good. Um, I would add that I would consider who you surround yourself with. Um, take a look at the people speaking into your life. In Hebrews ten twenty four, it says, "Let us consider how to stir one another up to loving good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the." day drawing near and the reason I say consider who you surround yourself with is considering the input they put in your life so the friends you're with the mentors seek those people out that are going to encourage you towards Christ because the reality is like there is a lot of hard things that we walk through in this world as a result of sin and hard circumstances and those feelings of being left out because you're choosing to follow Christ is real but I think a gift that the Lord has given us is people and relationships and at times it can seem like It's pretty sparse and there's not a lot of people that agree with us or walk with us, but he is there. So seek him and ask him for those people and then seek them out yourself because it's a lot easier to walk the straight and narrow path when you also have people that are encouraging you towards that.
0: Yeah, I think if I had to add one last thing to just to close us out, I would say, Man, if you're if you're struggling with uh, living out your faith and doing good works, then I think if I had to give practical advice, I would say, hey, I think the first thing you should do is nothing. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, take some time just to be alone with yourself and just to reflect. Like, man, Lord, why why do I struggle with living out my faith? Because here here's the reality: is uh, I don't think the Lord would want you to overcorrect just for the sake of overcorrecting w- without there being any, uh, heart behind the works. Right. Cause what do we call those? We call those the Pharisees. Uh, and Jesus called the Pharisees snakes, vipers, like whitewashed tombs. Like these were people who they did all of the works, like everything you struggle with doing, reading your Bible, they had it memorized, like doing like all the good works, praying all the prayers, they prayed all of those. They like didn't do anything wrong. They did everything right. And Jesus is still saying like, you're, you're a bunch of snakes, like, and you're whitewashed tombs and you don't get it. You're missing it. You're missing the point. And so what the world doesn't need, the world doesn't need will doing more good works. What the world needs though is more Christ. They need more Jesus and they need more Jesus shining through me. And so again, if, if you've struggled with maybe people pleasing or reading your Bible or living out your faith in a tangible way, sharing the gospel, I would first say of just say, hey, take some time and be alone and just ask God, like, why, why do I struggle in this way? Is there something I'm missing? Is there a part of me that doesn't fully uh, love you as I should and want you as I should? And then from there, once you understand God's love for you, once you invite Christ into your heart, then I think that's where uh, the works will be, begin to come naturally, because it's not you doing them. It's Christ doing them through you. Uh, so... Anyone else have any last thoughts? <laughs> okay. Well, good. again, as we started the podcast, remember to go find the subscribe button and leave her <laughs> I'm playing. Oh man. But guys, thank you for another great podcast. Caroline, thank you for joining us. This was great. We're That's so crazy. proud of you. So this is fun. But okay, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Hey, come on.
1: Later.